Welcome, friends, around the world to another episode of the Discipleship Podcast, hosted by Brian and Melissa Chu. Our goal is for you to grow in your faith and discover your purpose in life. Our guests tonight come from us from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, they become friends of ours. Melissa has actually spoke here at one of our women's conferences. They have three daughters. They have a global discipleship ministry, and they have spoken in, say this, 50 countries around the world. They're just one behind me, so um, sort of. And uh, so they're amazing. They're great friends, and uh, they live in a beautiful city, and uh, we're excited to have with us tonight. Please welcome to the Midnight Show, Brian and Melissa Chu. Come on, everybody. Hey. Hey, Generations Church. It's so good to be with you all tonight on the Midnight Show. Want to say hi to Pastor Troy and Jennifer and all the Generation campuses you have there in California. I think you have one in Idaho, and I saw you have one in Mexico and Myanmar. You guys are making an incredible impact. So it's so great to be here tonight with my beautiful wife, Melissa Chu. Come on, Melissa. Hey, hey, how you doing? Doing great, thanks. Good, good. I don't know what you can see, but we can see you guys wonderfully on the stage. We love your uh, backdrop there and uh, everything set up so beautifully. So amazing. Thanks for being with us on the midnight and uh, what a two years it has been. And being missionaries, that's difficult for you guys, but you've been doing it through Zoom or other means, I'm sure, as well. So, um, Melissa, you spoke here on our stage. I have golfed with Brian, but he's not been on our stage. Uh, and so we, we enjoy the, the, the golf game. If you didn't see our post, by the way, Pastor Jennifer went out and played with me on Monday on our day off. Yes, I saw, saw that. that. Did you see that? I see a double date in our future. Yes, yes. So she shot a bow, a B.O., or 130, however you read it. So, uh, but it, it was amazing. So. It was official. That's all that matters. That was the right. impressive part. Right, it was official. She put the little white ball into the hole after swinging <laughs> at it many, many times. So um, <laughs> she was doubly as tired as I was. Let's just say that. So she's double tired. But three rounds of golf to my one. But it's all right. She got her money's worth. So. So, hey, why don't you guys tell us uh, just kind of a little bit of background. Tell us about your daughters and then, you know, kind of how you guys met. Okay. Why don't you tell us about our, our family? Okay. We have three <laughs> daughters, 12, 14, and 16. We need prayer. Yeah. So, y'all pray for us. Yes, you um, do. No, they're amazing. We love, they're at church right now, actually, doing a small group. So, we are in it. We had our first little sit down with a young gentleman who wanted to take our daughter out. So, that was... <laughs> That wow. was fun. Oh, that the whole crowd here. I'm sure you couldn't hear, but the whole crowd just went, ooh. Yeah. yeah. So I right. actually, I called the dad and I said, hey, I'd like to sit down with you and your son and we're going to have a little Cosa Nostra. So we had a nice little talk right before this Zoom meeting and everything went great. Yeah, right. it was super awkward and, and it was just as it should be. So here's my <laughs> question. Was it the 12-year-old? No, thank oh. God. It was the 16-year-old. 16 sophomore. <laughs> I loved your face right there, Melissa. I thought you were going to scream at the screen there. So that was awesome. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> holy wow. Holy. So, so did the date happen? Or has it happened? It's going, we'll see. We left it up to them. It's a uh, like a formal gala. The young man just overcame um, 
cancer. cancer. And okay. so the children's hospital here puts on kind of like a prom for the kids who are either in it or wow. overcome it. So it's a real special event. So we're kind of like, yeah, this is an exception worthy event. And they're just friends. So well, I, they say they're just friends. Yeah. 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 I called them out on it. Yeah. <laughs> look at, look at Brian. He's like, ah, they're friends. Whatever, dude. Yeah. yeah I can well, see Well, this it. is the second dance that he asked her to. Oh. The first dance, she, she blew him off. Uh-oh. So second time he's asked She her. didn't blow him off. Oh, look at mom. Look at mom. Look at mom. Oh. Like, she like, said, I'm busy. I can't make it. Well, anyways, that's all we're going to say yeah. about that. Come on, a little, little Kardashian action here on the Midnight Show tonight. Woo, I like it. I like welcome it. Welcome to our world. Yeah, welcome to your world. That's amazing. So anyhow, tell us more about your family, how you guys met. Yeah, we had a very, I'd say, entertaining, uh, fun way to meet. Thank God we met in church. It's a good place to meet all you single people. But uh, I had just moved to Colorado Springs. I had been there for a few months. And the pastor of our church actually set us up. He calls wow. me up and he says, Brian, you have to meet this girl that just moved here. She just came off the mission field from Thailand. So she's a missionary. She works at a great ministry called Focus on the Family. And she drives a very cool red Land Rover. You need to meet her. So that was my introduction. It's all about the car, ladies, apparently. That's the hook. <laughs> yeah. And then what did he say to you? He, he said, he's like, Melissa, how do you feel about short Asian men? I, I actually don't. So let's just keep moving, moving right along. So by the grace of God for one year, this is perseverance. I pursued Melissa for one year. And throughout that one year, she rejected me three times. Oh, said, man. I just want to be friends. This is where the daughter I just want to be clear that we're nothing more than friends. You could probably True say story. a little more than that. Yeah. You know, but I said, you know what, I'm going to, as long as she's willing to be friends, it's like dating, but I didn't have to pay for anything. <laughs> he, he wore me down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so after, after the year, I said, hey, why don't we at least just pray and, and fast for two weeks from seeing each other and we'll see what happens. Yeah. And that, that totally weirded me out to even like consider thinking or praying about him in that way. I just got like all the willy nillies. And in the fun backstory is mind you, Brian said, I just come off the mission field. I had just been saved like just a few months. Like I'm fresh, new, new Christian on the block here. So I think this whole year of non-dating because y'all, I, I dated the wrong way really good for a lot of years. And it was honestly, it was the Lord's protection. Like, I am not going to give you goo-goo eyes for this man because you lose your mind when you do. You've proven it in the past. So I'm just going to shield you from that part so you can get to know this man for who he is and his character. And after we prayed about it and we said, okay, we'll meet at this time and we'll either decide yay or nay. When, he, when, I, when I opened the door, it's like the Lord gave me a new set of eyes and I saw him completely different and i was just like hello handsome and then that was it three kids wow. later here we are yeah but all joking aside that I, I knew she was the one for me i mean she checked all the boxes of a proverbs 31 woman i mean all the bonuses we had so much in common as far as not only the missions and the discipleship uh, mentoring people but we were both into working out and exercise and taking care of ourselves so i, I just 
believe it was God's plan for us. Mm. So all you single people out there, there's hope for you. I feel like the midnight show has turned into like Dr. Phil all of a sudden. I, I don't know. I don't know how, how the crowd feels about it tonight. But uh, all right. So ministry day. All right. So, okay. So um, anyhow, that's a great story. It really is. And, um, you know, just God's, uh, you know, divine connection on how he set you up to fall in love with a, a short Asian man. That's amazing. So um, incredible. So, so, um, so you were focused on the family, Melissa, is that I right? Was. Okay, so yeah. did both of you like want to be in ministry or did this like happen as you were married? No, so as I mentioned, I didn't get saved until I was 30. Right. So ministry and the idea of calling and purpose like was totally off my radar. So yeah. I I um that was not part of my plan in my vision. I went to school, I went to college for travel and tourism. Like I wanted to do anything but sit behind a desk. I just wanted to see the world. But you know what's super funny about that when I think back. So as a travel and tourism major, for anyone that's interested, part of your final would be to learn every country and their capital and their currency and all about the people groups. And, and that's your final. And I'm thinking back now as a missionary, I'm like, that was missionary training. Yeah, right. That was understanding this world and, and how it connects and, and how it functions and all about the people groups. And I'm just thinking nothing is wasted. The Lord knew what he was doing every yeah. step of the way. Even when I was like not even acknowledging the Lord, he was preparing me for this purpose. So that's kind of fun fact. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. And how about you? Were you in ministry at that time or did did you kind of start? I was at that time, but um, backing up a little bit, like I did not grow up in a Christian home. So ministry growing up was not on my radar. I didn't get saved till I was 28. I had a guy at the gym, a Messianic believer, invite me to go see Billy Graham. And at that time, I didn't even know who Billy Graham was. So wow. we go down to Central Park because I lived the in rank New York at the time. He knew who Billy Graham was, Brian. I mean, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> so we we go see billy graham and he does his thing and you know he said if you want to give your life to jesus and i was like that's me so at 28 i give my life to jesus and shortly after that i was in a church service and god spoke to me so clearly i could feel it right now he said i've called you to full-time ministry to be a missionary to the nations and at that point I, I would say i didn't know what my purpose was in life and that's what I want to share with you, if all you listeners. You need to discover your purpose in life. Because before that, Pastor Troy, I just bounced around from job to job. But as soon as God revealed to me my purpose, I knew that was it. And then now fast forward, when I met Melissa, that was one of the criteria. I said, listen, I'm called to ministry to travel around the world and preach the gospel. If you got to be in on this, otherwise it's not going to work out. And so thank God, right before uh, we got married... We, I was still testing the waters. I took Melissa and a group to Tanzania and I said, hey, you're going to preach at the church tonight. It was a very large church. And she says, well, no, why didn't you preach? I said, well, you know, I preach all the time. I want to see if you got the gift, <laughs> you know? So thank God she got up there and she nailed it. I mean, people got saved, people got healed and delivered. And that was kind of the final test for me, knowing that she was the right one and that we would after we got married in 2004, that's when we launched our ministry to travel the world and make disciples. 
I feel like, Brian, like she's learning all of this right now yeah, on the Midnight Show. Yeah, I was like, show. wow, I didn't know that was like an interview. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I'm like, I guess it's a good this thing is, I didn't know it. This time. is definitely Dr. Phil's show right now, so. No yeah. pressure. Jeez. <laughs> you hit all the, all, the, all, the, all the boxes, so that's oh amazing. Word. So, so um, since you learned about tourism and travel, and that was kind of the industry you were going into or wanted to go into, or and then now you have traveled and spoke in... Uh, 50 nations or more. Uh, what's what's kind of like a, a, a travel? I mean, a lot of us haven't been really traveling because of the last two years, but what's like a travel tip or a, a hack or something you could share with all of us tonight? Well, I know for me, like I'm really particular about the food I eat. So ah. I like when I pack, it's probably a third clothes and the rest is food. I bring mostly all my own food. One, I get hungry a lot. And so I just need snacks like all the time. But two, like I am not afraid to offend the people. And I just say, oh no, I can't, I can't eat that food. Cause it's like, I'm there on assignment. I'm there on a mission. I cannot afford to get sick. And so I just politely like decline all their, I see the chickens and the cows on the street and it's not, it's, it's not pretty and you don't want to eat it. Yes. So it's a lot of cliff bars and for me, but I don't know about you. Probably my simple travel uh, hack is to never check luggage. Oh yeah. So whether one. I go away for three days or I go away for two weeks, I could pack everything in a little backpack and a little tiny roll on suitcase. Because Melissa, remember you went to Kenya? I did, yeah. And I said, honey, you don't want to check your luggage. I said, because you're only there for a short time. And lo and behold, she checked her luggage. She didn't get her luggage to like the last day you were wearing everybody else's clothes. So yeah. friends, never check luggage. So is that a international traveling tip that you've yes. had bad experiences on? And so you're like, hey, when you go overseas, don't check your luggage. Never check luggage, yeah. I don't wow. check it domestic either. I don't care. Everything's with me. Wow, I don't trust wow. Amazing, amazing. It is. Well, I, I, uh, I think it's amazing that your story and your, your missions and your trip, and, and we're going to talk more about that and get into some other things, uh, maybe a little bit deeper in, in the second half of our, our interview tonight. But we're going to go to a commercial break, and then we're going to go to Josh with the news and some other fun things we're going to do. And then we're going to come back and continue our conversation. So let's give it up for Brian and Melissa Chu as we talk tonight about ministry and missions. Amen. It's amazing. So we'll be back right after this commercial break. Take it away. All right, let's welcome our guests back, Brian and Melissa Chu, for part two of tonight's talk. And there they are. You guys good? All right. We're good. All right. Were you able to see any of that? Any of Josh's excitement and birthday? Oh, you're watching it up there on the yeah, screen? Yeah, we saw it. All right. Awesome, awesome. So we love having I Josh want a on the Yes, yes. It's his birthday. It's his birthday. So I want the espresso. Right, right. We'll we'll get one of those shipped over to you pronto and uh, FedEx it or something. So um, so all of your travels, all the things you've done, what um, what kind of is like your favorite? I, I mean, Pastor Jen and I, we've been on a few missions trips and I, 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 you know, we've had some different things. But like, what's one of your guys's like favorite trips you've been on or ever taken? Maybe it's not missionary. Maybe it's just a trip yeah. you took, I guess. You but. know, it's so hard because when you go to that many places, like each country is so unique. And I just love cultures and learning the history of every place that we go to. But uh, I would say, if Sienna, our 12-year-old, was answering that question, I took her to Romania 
right before the pandemic. And she loves Romania. She wants to go back. And let me tell you why. A little history. So Romania, the country used to be called Dacia. And then when the Roman Empire conquered Dacia, they changed the name of Dacia to Romania. So it has a very strong Italian influence. Okay. So every night after our ministry there, Sienna, our 12-year-old, is eating pizza and gelato. So that's why she loves Romania. Wow. Now about the food. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'll be serious. I love the trips that we take as a family. So I would say our family mission trips, our children have been traveling ever since they were, you know, just in diapers. And let me give you this statistic from Barna. Barna Research says if your child does a soul-winning mission trip before the age of 12, there's a 78% chance they will stay a Christian at age 18. So we feel that's one of the ways that we disciple our kids is by taking them with us. And like our last trip to Kenya right before COVID, watching all three of our girls preach the gospel, praying for children, laying hands on children, prophesying, and then watching Melissa minister, to me, those trips are so special to me, my favorite. Yeah, wow. and there, I think for me, it's it's the new places. So for me, there's something about the thrill and the anticipation and the excitement of getting off the jetway and stepping in to total chaos and most cir circumstances and the unknown and just not knowing what you're going to. Like when you go to India, it, you just can't describe it unless you're there, but you feel, you, you know, you say, oh, we're halfway around the world, but you feel halfway around the world everything is so foreign and so different but i just love um just to piggyback off of what brian was saying about our kids because it's our job right traveling and, and ministering is what we do we wanted that to include our family as well so it wasn't just what we do we wanted it to be a family ministry and so we made a decision years ago that we at all possible would at least bring one child with us wherever we went because we just wanted missions to be normal to them not the exception not the one-off but just the the normal and that's kind of all they've known they've been like brian said they've been doing it forever so anyways that's wow. that good so i know romania is a kind of a hot hot spot for you guys i, I didn't realize it had such italian uh heritage yeah. in it uh, with pizza and the pasta Very and all yummy. that so that's amazing. So uh, of all your travels then, and you've taken all these trips in different places. Now, uh, Pastor Jennifer and I, we, we would say Australia, but it's not really third world. So, uh, you know, but we, we loved going to Sydney and getting to minister there and uh, different, different places. And we have other places we want to go. Of course, going to Yangon, Myanmar, where we have one of our campuses, mm -hmm. uh, that, that's, that, it's just different. And I understand what you guys are saying. Uh, about that. And I would say if you take any child before the age of 12 on a missions trip to a third world country, you're going to scare Jesus into them. So <laughs> yeah. no wonder they don't lose Jesus Literally. at 18. Holy cow. But <laughs> praise the Lord. Anyhow, you know, just a different perspective. But so what are the what are some of the things in ministry uh, that you did not necessarily expect uh, to come your way? That's a good question. I think at least for, for, well, no, I was gonna say for me personally, but it's actually something we've both experienced is a lot of persecution from friends wow. and just people um, not understanding our vision or the call of God on our lives and um, honestly not being supportive of it. And so we've lost some pretty deep, significant, close relationships. We've been 
falsely accused of a lot of stuff. And I'm sure you can relate to that, just being in ministry and stuff. I have no stuff, idea but, what you're talking about, but. Yeah, right? <laughs> awesome. But it's like, it's like, you know it's out there, but when it happens to you with close friends, it it hurts differently. And so um, it's happened so many times, I hate to say that, that we're almost, not that we expect it, but we're used to it. So I don't get knocked down as hard as I did the first time. But yeah, that's just a, a bummer. It's kind of a reality for us. Yeah, I, for me too. I think in the beginning, it was very disappointing. You know, but the scripture comes to me where Jesus said, a prophet is without honor amongst his own hometown, his friends and his family. Yeah. So you're almost going to expect that. But it hurts, you know, uh, just yeah. especially those that you go to church with, they whatever, don't understand what you're doing. You think, gosh, I think we live in this Christian bubble. Everybody's supposed to be happy and we're just trying to do the best to share the gospel and, and just silly things like, oh, you shouldn't live in that house or you like this, Troy. Oh, you shouldn't play golf because you're in ministry. You got to learn how to swing something in case you need to. That's right. I mean, that's how you and I met was at a golf charity trip, right? Right. Absolutely. So, so what has been their biggest, uh, like, uh, just because you're traveling and uh, it doesn't seem like you're the poor missionary person, and so they, they're offended at that? That's part of it, yeah. Um, a, a big thing was perception. Yeah. And so we just need to be a little less loud mm. about how we're always talking about Jesus. Like, okay, no. Um, and you just you don't need to show everything, and you don't need to... Yeah, the perception that that we, you know, that we're not living with dirt floors and we're not in poverty, like, and, and we're unashamed about it. Like, right. and, and some people had a problem with that because we um, we're a nonprofit, so we live off of donations and we take a salary, and that just isn't good with people for whatever reason. Right. We shouldn't so, take a salary. Yeah, because a true missionary wears khaki baggy uh, shorts down right? beneath their knee, Birkenstock right. shoes with white socks, right? Yeah. And then a polo shirt with some country's soccer team on it. And then a, a big hat with like fishing lures, like with a big backpack with three Bibles yeah. sticking out of it. If you're not yeah. looking like that as a missionary from America, then you yeah. just don't, you're just not cutting it. So yeah. Because I've seen a lot of those, and uh, so uh, so it always freaks me out that they do that. But uh, anyway, so um, so so that's been one of your biggest shocks is really not on the mission field, but people's perception of you. It's at home. At home. Yeah. Wow. It's at home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, you know, uh, I wish I could say I was surprised by that, but that's not necessarily the case. Most of the time on the mission field, people are very warm, very welcoming, very appreciative uh, that you're going to yeah. fly across the world. I know when Jennifer and I went and ministered in South Africa, it was like, thank you for coming. Yeah. Like most people from America don't come here. They go to the other places. And so yeah. the fact that we were there and uh, we were giving of our time, of course, you know, uh, we got to go to a what are they, safari, is that what they call those things or whatever? And, and, yeah. and do all, the, you know, block out time to have some fun stuff as well. But, but it's still the sacrifice of a foreign place, the foreign food with foreign people. And they're so appreciative of that, uh, mm -hmm. that sometimes it's like refreshing to go, wow, yeah. they, 
they're actually genuine. They actually did enjoy the word. They just didn't say it because they think they're supposed to, right, or, or whatever. Or they truly, authentically got saved and are going for Jesus and are celebrating right then. Uh, it's just not a, a, a church function, per se. So uh, it's interesting that that's been your experience. So what would you say would be the biggest maybe challenge that your ministry is facing right now? And how are you kind of handling it? Of course, during COVID and the pandemic, I'm sure being missionaries wasn't easy. Uh, believing God that your funds were still going to be supporting you, even though you weren't necessarily going anywhere or could go anywhere. So what, what's some of your challenges? Yeah, I would say you, you nailed it right on the head. The, the impact of the 2020 COVID global pandemic literally stopped us from traveling. But our main goal in life is to make disciples. Mm -hmm. But we only we're doing that by physically traveling every month to different countries, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But let me teach you a key principle. We always believe that we teach us that it's so important to keep the vision, but change the strategy on how you do that. Mm -hmm. You know, the apostle Paul, when he was put in prison, that stopped him from traveling from city to city, you know, and church to church. But Philippians 1.12 says, he wrote, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. You see, when Paul was in prison, he actually wrote four books in the New Testament. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and I can never pronounce it, Philemon, Philemon. Philemon. So the same thing that happened to Paul happened to us. So what we had to do, Pastor Troy, was keep the vision of making disciples, but change the strategy. And Melissa was always a big forefront of doing this and i was a little slow on it so we found new methods strategies to make disciples by producing media mm -hmm. uh doing zoom calls like this and resources i mean a little example i launched a, a little podcast and right now we have people in 25 nations mm -hmm. listening to my discipleship podcast we started taking some of the books and resources that we wrote and translating right now they're in 15 countries i'll show you one right here this is the english version we put out a devotion called Grow Devo, but right now we have it translated in Ukraine. So we have people in Ukraine and all those surrounding wow. countries reading our little devotion in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So here's the statistic I wrote. So pre-COVID, in 25 years, we traveled and preached in 50 countries. But in 2020 and 2021, in two years, we've reached people in 40 countries through our media and resources. We kept the vision, but changed the strategy. But thank God things are open right now. So I'll be going to India next month and I'll actually be in Romania in June, just 200 miles from the Ukraine border. That's so, so cool. So what's happening What's happening in India? What, what's, the, what's the trip? Well, it's uh, pastors that we've been working for for years and they, <laughs> we go down there and we train the pastors and the leaders and we'll be involved with some of their outreaches to the widows and the youth. But, you know, we just want to go down there and support them and encourage and equip them face to face because it's been two years. Mm -hmm. Wow. So what has just to educate us a little bit since we're not all flying to India? Um, what has been some of the uh, prerequisites that have been placed on you uh, to go to that country or to get on planes and fly through different 
uh, places. Like, what, what are the expectations or what do you have to do? Obviously, the mask mandate is no longer in effect, at least in America. I don't know about other countries. but uh, uh, So what are the, some of the challenges of just going there? Yeah, well, some of the challenges for them, well, thankfully, there's no vaccine required and there's no quarantine. So I'll just have to get a, uh, a negative COVID test before I get on the plane to go to India. But some of the challenges where I'm going to be in India, see, where we go, it's very hard to get to some of the places that we go. It takes, you know, maybe three hours. Once you land in the major city, then it'll be like a five-hour car ride, then maybe a train ride to get to some of these places. So my big challenge on coming back is I have to get a negative COVID test to return to the USA, but I have to drive three hours from where I'm staying just to go get the test because in the city or the village I'm going to be at, there's nowhere to get the COVID test. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and hopefully I don't get a false positive and I'll be stuck in India for like two weeks. Right, right. Well, this, that just tells me your five-hour bus ride and train ride. and This is why Melissa packs all the food in her bag. Yeah. That, that, I, uh, it's no joke. Yes. Yeah. Revelation right there. So, Melissa, I know that uh, one of your passions is women's ministry. Yes. And speaking in the lives of women, what's been happening in, in your world and your ministry in, in, in regards to that? Yeah, I think like, like Brian mentioned, I've had these dreams dancing in my head for years of, of using the digital world and the technology that we have available to, to meet women where they are. And I think COVID to me was not a bummer. Like I wasn't, I wasn't bent out of shape having to be home all day. I was thriving because I had the time. It was like the Lord took away every excuse that I had been using for years. I don't have time or I'm getting ready for travel or, or the kids or like all of my excuses were stripped away. And he's like, okay, here's your time. What are you going to do? And so I just went for it and started speaking to women online and creating courses and workshops and challenges and just doing my best of what I know and my ability to, to minister and disciple women where they are. But I, I do like, I love all the stuff Brian was saying and all the, the great aspects of it. But I want to share, like, it's not easy. Like, I just launched an online membership, which is a dream of mine that has been brewing for, for over a year. But I've been actually tangibly, practically preparing for it for, like, the last six months. And if I, if I counted all the hours I put into trying to, like, make this thing happen, I would cry on the spot because... Pastor Troy, I launched it and only two people signed up. And so the whole, the whole thing just tanked. Wow. And it's like, it's not worth, it, it's hard, right? Because you want to yeah. say it's worth it for one person, right? You want to minister to one person because if they get transformed or they get changed, it's worth it. But at the end of the day, I have to steward my time and my effort and my resources as well. And it, it, I had to make the tough call to, to not pursue the, to close the membership. And it was, it, was, it, was, it was humbling. It was a little devastating. But I knew at the end of the day, I had done everything I could. I had taken courses on how to launch a membership. I had paid coaches to teach me how to launch a membership. I did everything I could to launch this well and the right way and all the things. And for like hardly anybody to show up, to me, that was just the Lord. 
it just had to be the Lord saying, that's great. You make all the plans you want, but I'm in charge. I direct your steps and I'm pivoting you and I'm <laughs> redirecting you into something that you have yet dared to dream or imagine. And I don't really know what that is yet. I'm still like in process mode, but it's just the idea of with all things with ministry, right? You, you hold it loosely and you have to be flexible. And you, at the end of the day, you have to submit to the Holy spirit and, and put your, your grand ideas aside. And so that's just, you know, you've got to roll with the punches, but I just wanted to make sure people didn't think it's all great and it's all easy and we're ministering all over the world. Yes, but there's some pain and suffering involved yeah, too. Yeah. Thank you for you know, being authentic. Uh, that's one of our key things here at our church yeah. is real and authentic and uh, just being honest, you know, with that. And, uh, you know, because you guys both have tremendous gifts. So um, what kind of, uh, I would say that's a lesson that you've probably just yeah. learned right there, but in life and in ministry, as well as being rejected by people who didn't understand your ministry. But what are some things that people could, that are watching online or, or here in our studio audience that could could glean from uh, some of the lessons you've learned about life or about ministry or both together, I guess. Yeah. Me? me? Yeah, go okay. ahead. Well, well, I think for me, Pastor Troy, let's say I've been a Christian for 30 years, uh, 25 years in ministry. I, I would say I've learned two things that have helped me personally and for our family and for our ministry and to help us stay on the right path is I think we have a rule in our family that we're going to live by what I call what we're going to live by the great commandment and the great commission. Mm. It's kind of our ruler, our rule of thumb, the filter for every decision that we make. We'll do the great commandment. We're going to love God and love people. Even the ones that talk bad about us, we're going to love them the best that we can. And we're going to stay focused on the great commission to share the gospel, whether that's here in Colorado Springs, whether it's on the golf course, whether it's in India next month or online. So great commandment and great commission is kind of like the rule of thumb for my Christian walk. And I think for our family as well. Yeah. And I think for me, I, yes, to all of that, first of all, loving God is so easy, isn't it? But it, it, but that whole loving come. others part, like that's hard. <laughs> like it's great until the people show up and you got to actually right. do it. Oh my word. But um, what I have, one of the things that I've learned is I'm just a firm believer that we're in training for our promises all day, every day. And a lot of people like to say like, oh, your true character is made in times of crises. And I, maybe that's a reflection of our character, but our character is actually made in the ordinary, in the mundane, in the day to day. When life is good, what are you gonna make of it? And so I try to just treat every day as if I'm in crisis mode, like I need Jesus hanging on with everything for dear life on my knees. Like that's the type of um, culture we try to create in, in our home of just like training, because when the promise is there, I wanna be ready. I want, I want them all. I want all his promises. I believe them. They're all for me. They're all for you, for you guys. But let's be ready to receive them and not miss them when, they're, when they come our way. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. And you're exactly right. It's easy to love God, but not so easy to, that's, it, it's, you know, love him from a distance, you know, so, um, <laughs> but praise the Lord. So it's good. Um, so Brian, I, I, I just want you, I want to give you the opportunity. So last year uh, you competed in the Messenger Cup in Colorado Springs, John and Lisa Bevere's. And uh, I don't know, uh, I, I, I've heard that you have a gold chain with the trophy that you carry around with you all the time. 
Actually, um, got it. Oh, uh, see, I knew it. I knew it. I knew Yo, it. I knew it. Look at Melissa. She's doing? like, see, here we go. Here we go. All right, there it is. His championship trophy. Yes. He sleeps with it. Yes. And so, uh, uh, Brian and uh, Baron, who actually lives out here in California, was his partner. Yes. And uh, they they won the. Uh, uh, one of the flights, uh, I think flight Z of the Messenger Cup, and uh, <laughs> just teasing. And baggers. <laughs> and so, congratulations on that. And uh, they're defending their championship this year uh, in sometime in August, first week of August. And so, uh, we're just so thankful for um, you know your guys's friendship, uh, the ministry you do, uh, going to India, going to Romania, and wherever else you know God's leading you this year. So. Uh, we're just going to pray for you, and then if you guys want to stay on and watch the rest of The Price is Right with us here on the Midnight Show tonight, that would be great. But uh, let's just agree, everybody watching on YouTube and those of you here live, let's just agree with our friends. Father, we just, uh, we just pray for Brian and Melissa. We pray, Father God, for supernatural guidance, supernatural openings of opportunities in India. We thank you, Father God, for the gifts of healing and ministry, words of knowledge and wisdom that would flow through him as he speaks and ministers, even in a country, Father God, where maybe language is a barrier, but the Holy Spirit is not a barrier. And so, Lord, that by the Holy Spirit, he would be able to minister, and as they go to Romania and any other place that you have them assigned to, not only this year, but in the coming years, Lord. And we just thank you, Father God, that uh, even though there was, there was just the two subscribers, but the setback would not be a pushback but Father God, but it would be uh, propelling her into the next thing in Jesus' name. For women need her ministry and her life and her voice. And so, Lord, we just thank you for them. And we just speak life over them. We thank you, Father God, for protection around their girls and especially around this young man in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, Father God, for their friendship and believe the best for their ministry in Jesus' name. Amen. So, awesome. Um, so, Melissa, uh, your website is melissachu.org. Is that correct? That's it. And yeah. then uh, nowhope.org is the ministry's website, right? Uh, how did you get Now Hope? There, what's the story behind that? Well, at a Romans 5 5, in one of the translations, it says, Now Hope does not disappoint. Ah, good. There you go. You're pretty proud of that one, aren't you, right there? I can yeah. see. He's like, he's pretty proud of that. Did you see that? He's like, yeah, check that one out, Romans 5 5. There you go. It's amazing. Thank you guys so much for being our guest tonight. We will be sending you, uh, we always send all of our guests that appear on the Midnight Show. We have these cool little traveler cups with the logo of our, our Midnight Show on them. And uh, we'll send one of those to you guys so you can take it on your world tour uh, yes. to India and yeah. Romania so that uh, the Midnight Show can go international. So uh, we love you guys. Thank you for being with us tonight. And we are going to get ready for the Midnight Show right after this break. Here we go. Thank you, friends, for listening to the Discipleship Podcast. Until next time, keep growing in your faith and fulfill your purpose on the earth.